And thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Carpe GM Gamecast, your safe haven for all things geek. I'm Dan. And I am Tyler. I'm Brian. And I'm Mac. You don't you don't like the what intro, is Brian? That? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your safe haven for all things geek? That's correct. Where safe from what? I don't really know. Like real life and things that aren't geek? That ninja? Things that don't get you shoved into lockers and stuff. Watch and, out. In some People of the Magic the Gathering series of books, safe havens were things that could like teleport you around. And yeah. They had all kinds of... We're a teleporter. There you go. You never know where we're going to take you. Yeah. <laughs> Still doesn't make True. Hey, I, yeah. I metaphors. Uh, no. Snappy metaphors. All right. So normally we start our episodes with uh, an On Our Horizon section. I had a section. good one, too. Me, too. No, nope, not doing it this time. Oh, man. Because... There's only four of us. You guys have been... <laughs> Uh, putting some great stuff out in that in that section of the podcast, and we haven't made a topic for two weeks. The problem with good ones is they're good ones. Yeah, yeah but we end up talking about them for we an hour make and a good half. Good podcast. He's just he's just letting us down easy. <laughs> it's well, not here's him. The, it's us. I'm gonna let you know next in the next couple of weeks that we're talking about Return to Ravnica. Okay. I want to. I'm sorry. Well, maybe we can. Uh, Was I ever at Ravnica? Yeah. Can I return to Ravnica? You can always go back to Ravnica. But never to Arizona. <laughs> we can never go we can back never to go Arizona. <laughs> we can. Uh, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll pull something out about the uh, fluff that is involved with the Magic: The Gathering worlds as well. No, that's not cares. a bad idea. Just play the cards. I love the fluff. I know. I know. The the, the <laughs> fluff is cool. I was told a few months ago that Magic is dead. What? It's literally. Who? 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 What? You who? told me. What? I did not. Yes, you did. It's you probably the biggest the now it's ever dead. been. You said you wish it weren't dead. I, I I don't think I said magic was dead. Uh-oh. Maybe it was dying. See how I tricked us into talking about magic? W- way to go. Thanks. We should do a magic episode or a card game episode. That's what I just said. We've done a magic episode. Oh, the card game. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to work here. We got another email. No, we didn't. We did. Dude, do we write it to ourselves again? Dan, Dan you need to stop <laughs> making Smurf email yeah. accounts and then sending yeah. them to yourself. It's not working anymore. Yeah. Did not happen. We caught on. Um, we were discussing the review from Remingway on iTunes, uh, which was four stars, which is great. Thank you so much. But w- I sent out a call to arms for people to call to send us an email and let us know what they think. We got an email from James doing just that. And I, I think I'll read it and I'll break it down in sections. We'll respond to it as, um, as read we, it? well, yeah. Okay. Story time. Just like this. Hey guys, I want to start off by saying that I actually really dig the show, and even though I understand why you only make new episodes when you do, I always find myself wanting more. Well, first off, James, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Your well-thought-out topics and discussion actually open my eyes to things, and you make me think critically about how I run my own games. I'm the de facto GM most of the time. I can't praise you enough for giving me a show that augments my actual play podcast and does so so amazingly well. His yeah. actual play podcast. I, I read that like that too, but I'm pretty sure it's my actual play podcasts that I listen to. Um, James, if you're a podcaster, let me know. I'd love to listen to your stuff. Yeah. And if not, shoot us an email and let us know what actual plays you're listening to because I love to listen to a good actual play, but they're hard to find. Do you do you listen to one in particular that you would? I tend recommend? to listen to, to. Is that critical hit one? I think <sighs> I've listened to it once or twice. 
they've got some good they've got some good stuff yeah. um it's fourth edition i think my problem is usually with the material that they're covering it's mostly D D stuff and while i like D D, uh that's that tends to be the easiest game to play so i tend to like to listen to other games being actual played so i can yeah. kind of experience them so yeah. you're saying you'd prefer like a more technical game not even necessarily that just i prefer to listen to actual plays of things that aren't D D. You know, there. I think there's a lot of tabletop role players who don't play anything except one version or another, or all the versions of Dungeons and Dragons. They just right. stick with D and D. This table's a little weird in that, and that we we like. I mean, I definitely started there, but we branched out a lot. Yeah, we've gone all over the place, and because and I like to listen to actual plays to systems that I've never played, because it also gives me an or or a system that maybe I want to start playing. I'll try to find an actual play for it, because it gives me a heads up on how the mechanics work and how, how the flow of the game works. Yeah. I, but uh, you asked about um, specific actual plays that I would recommend. Role-playing public radio has got a good one. They've, they've got a series of different games. They've got a lot of stuff on their horror, sci-fi, fantasy. They, they cover a lot of ground. They've got pretty good quality. I mean, they're, they're the gold any winners this year. Of course they got good quality. But it's a good show. So if you want, if you want to listen to actual plays, check out uh, RPPR. And <laughs> hopefully anything that... Um, James is going to send us. All right. Sorry to divert you from James. No, it's fine. Okay. From from there, he goes on to uh, touch on the points that we brought up in the last podcast in Remingway's um, review to us. Yeah. Cover art, music, and he adds something else about audio normalization. Uh, as far as the cover art is concerned, carpegm.net, we are trying to incorporate as many contributing listeners and readers and subscribers as we can. Um, if anyone has an idea for an art project or a picture or anything that they'd like to contribute to the site, I'm getting ready to create a gallery page where we can post things like that and possibly use them for whatever our purposes might be and give full attribution to the artists who send them in. That'd be cool. As far as music is concerned, uh, those of you who've been listening for a little while, um, I agree. He's, he says that the music's a little lo-fi. And I, I I agree with that because it was actually the first thing that I ever recorded in the utility that I'm using to record. Uh, it does sounds need, pretty good to me. It does need to be updated. Uh, while I while I do like the rhythm and and everything, I could I could use some improvements on that. Um, Sam Gollin from Sammy and the Punk worked with me on the remix of our theme song for our interview series episodes, and uh, I'm going to be working with him again on our normal theme song and so we'll we'll try to get something better out there yeah the remix is really funky that being said if any of our listeners or contributors are musicians and would like to put their band out there or something like that shoot me the email i will totally use your music as bumper music and give you full attribution on the episode dan can i rap a theme song for us write it down we'll do it man the, the carpe gm uh s- soundtracks for your campaign uh CD series is probably uh, in the works. All right. Wow. <laughs> We're also <laughs> rap developing albums. Halloween music and Christmas music. Car- yeah. Carpe GM Chris- is your campaign the Carpe run GM- in the 80s uh, <laughs> soundtrack. Carpe GM Christmas. That would be awesome. That's right. We'll see what we can put together. Stocking stuffers, folks. Stocking yeah. stuffers. Absolutely. The other thing he mentions is audio level normalization. Some of my Mario coins are too loud. They're, they are. They are loud. They, they are, are. Some of them they are, are loud, loud, and I will make sure to take the, but take care good. of them. The problem. Makes the point. Well, the problem is that I listen on a pair of headphones with them turned down while I'm editing because I have a family. 
yeah. and I can't just disappear. So I'll just make sure to be, be more attentive to that normalization whenever I'm editing. I do not have a family, but I do have roommates, and I tend to... Forget them. Yeah, forget them. Yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah, me too. For a little while, one of my roommates was wondering what episode of Babylon 5 I'd be watching every day when he woke up, because he could hear it through the walls. <laughs> That's pretty funny. My roommate is here, so... <laughs> well, actually, no, he's not. Actually, he's not. Yeah, he's, he's normally here, but no, he's not here. We are sans Steve. If anyone hasn't noticed... Steve's gone. Steve's gone. People noticed. I know, the voice of God is gone. <laughs> no one said anything about Italian food yet. Okay, uh, the last part of, the last part of um, his email is a topic suggestion. On another note, I'd like to hear the crew's opinions on rules light versus rules heavy games. I've recently discovered the game Legend from therulefcool.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. And while I love my 3.5 Pathfinder experiences, I find that the fast and loose attitude toward rules adjudication gives the game of the very best of 1E and 2E feel. And the simplified, dare I say refined, combat really speeds things up a lot. Have you guys encountered any rules light systems you want to share? How did those games compare to a system with more mechanical baggage like GURPS or 3.5? Thanks and love the show. James. James, thank you very much for the email. All right, so what do you got? You guys have any rules light systems or anything like that that you've played? I would just generally prefer, um, I don't know, rules heavy to rules light. I think rules light can get a little bit tangential. Um, I mean, I've definitely had, like, the fighter experience in 3.5 is very different from the sorcerer experience, or from the wizard experience in 3.5, you know? Pick feats? Yeah. Well, no, like, when you get in, he's talking about combat in particular. It's like, when you get into combat, it's like, I hit it with a thing in my hand. (laughs) I roll one die. Okay. Did I? Okay. Okay. Now I roll four more die. Okay. I'm done. (laughs) Did I, did I take two hand weapon, or two weapon fighting? No. No. Okay. Then I'm really done. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you roll. The big choice in the round is power attack or no power attack. And who doesn't power attack? Yeah. You always a power attack. I mean, if, yeah. I mean, some, some monks, I think I might, you know, maybe not. If I think I'm really going to miss them. You got flurry blows. You just, Roll more dice. No, no, I'm not saying if if I'm trying to hit them. Yeah, no power attack. Very dodgy. And yeah, uh, I don't know. Does Quags count? Quags totally counts. That was going to be one that I brought up. I love Quags. Quags is quick ass gaming system. The quick ass gaming system. That's a that's a system where you have like four stats. You, yeah, you have basically nothing for stats. Um, it's it's all based on the feel you give your character when you create them. And it's um, who would play him or her in the movie. Is yeah, that, that's one of your stats. Is that one of the stats? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you're kind of giving yourself a persona that way. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to act like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that's who would play him in the movie. So you, everybody gets a visual of the guy. I play or, a lot of really fun games in Quags. Oh, yeah, you can play anything in Quags because the system is wide open. We used to do this thing where we'd get this... Uh, everyone would write down a suggestion for the topic of what they'd want to play. And we used to put everyone would write one down and put it in a hat, and we'd like shuffle up and take one out, and whoever got it had to run it, and we had to play it. One of one of them one time was, <clears throat> you're working at an IHOP. It's four in the morning, and pirates attack. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing. <laughs> I did a uh, zombie apocalypse in Walmart. Yeah, I I love the where you, people. Like my my first inclination is to go. Why are pirates attacking an IHOP? And it's like if you if you take the time to think about why you're gonna die. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. You've already missed an entire round of combat. Yeah. So. yeah. 
Yeah, I've done like Marvel superhero stuff in it before. I've done like a gangster thing. Okay, so here's how rules light it is. Okay, I, one I, dice. <laughs> well, I may have mentioned it on the podcast before, but my then twelve year old daughter ran her first game ever in Quags. Yeah, and she did it on her own, and it was it was good. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I managed to get my fiance involved for two and a half hours. She didn't even realize where the time went. So Quags is a good one. Send us Quag game suggestions so we can throw them in a hat and play them. Okay, sounds good. Now, I think that... I'm not sure if we've touched on this before, but I know we've had conversations about it. I don't know if they've been recorded. Where there's... We sometimes like to try to uh, dial up the the pressure and and make things feel like they're going fast and let people not jabber jaw and think a whole lot about yeah, what's going on I've at done the table. Too much. And you know, putting an egg timer down at the table or uh, or a uh, oh, uh, chess timer. Uh, you know, I did that people, last week. Having yeah. people flip stuff back and forth and and, and uh, making people make real time decisions is is an interesting way to speed things up like that and turn up the stress. And that can work for rules light or rules heavy. The thing that happens in rules heavy is people tend to make mistakes, which can be fun too. Well, also the thing with rules heavy tends to be maybe your turn consists of multiple roles, or you have to do. You know, you're playing hero and you have to do algebra in the middle of your turn. You know, so that can slow you down quite a bit, too. Uh, He specifically mentions um, first and second edition Dungeons and Dragons. There's a ton of fantasy RPGs out there that are, they're called fantasy heartbreakers. There, where somebody redid those systems and, you know, this is the fixed, complete second edition Dungeons and Dragons. Is it ever really fixed or complete? A lot of the times, it's just some guy fixes it for his own house rules, you know. But like you did. But sword and sorcery is a good one. That's a that's a good remake, and it's it definitely captures the feel. Um, I would also put on the table a system called PDQ by Atomic Sock Monkey Press. Uh, Evil Hat uses their stuff. It's uh, the Pro's Descriptive Qualities Core Rules System. It's free download. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's used in games like Don't Rest Your Head and Monkey Ninja Pirate <laughs> Robot, the role-playing game. Monkey Ninja Pirate Robot. Whoa. Yeah. Um, you just add zombie in there, and then I think you're good. Yeah. So th- there's there's quite a few there. I personally prefer for shorter games, one on one shots like Steve Jackson's Tune. Great for a one shot game. Uh, for for shorter games, I prefer I like to play the uh, the, the rules light systems. For a longer campaign game, I like something with a little bit more moving, a few more moving pieces that I can that I can fiddle with to personalize my character. And I'm something of a simulationist when it comes to gaming. I prefer games that are more I'm realistic. A <laughs> How about you guys? What do you prefer? Rules heavy or rules light, Mac? I lean toward rules heavy because I like those big long. Like what? Pathfinder. Nah, nah, I- yeah, Pathfinder. I like adding on books. I like you know looking up erratas and that sort of stuff. But that said, I can understand the advantage of rules light. I've had really fun games at Quags, and I mean you know I understand the appeal of sitting down at a drinking game where nobody's timed and and there aren't really any decisions to make, but you feel pressure just because everybody's yelling at you to go. You know. Yeah. That being said, I'll also sit down and play a, a two year campaign of Second Edition D and D still to this day. Uh, just because that's where I cut my teeth. So very comfortable in the system. I've house ruled it so much that it works. Kind of created my own fantasy art breaker there, I guess. So I can pretty much run anything through the second edition D&D system now. So. I think what typifies, like, 
one game that I play two different ways that really typifies this for me. I, I'm playing a lot of WoW right now because the uh, the new expansion just came out, and I, I'm a raider, and I, I like to do things in a very particular way, and I like to know everything there is to know and work at it for a really long time. And then there's what I like to call messing with the tank, right? Where <laughs> where it's just time to cause trouble, like, right? I was just trolling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, no, I don't yeah. support that. This is. <laughs> oh no, you gotta you gotta be friends with the guy, so it's cool. But yeah. Oh, but if I'm a tank pubbing in like a random instance um, find and <laughs> these people are messing with me, I hate that. Not happy. So we've got GURPS, he mentioned specifically, which is a very crunchy game. Uh, but GURPS is kind of a situation where you do all the work in the setup so that during gameplay, it's actually pretty quick if the guy running the game knows what he's doing. Um, so you can have a pretty fast-paced battle system in GURPS if your GM knows what he's doing. Um, I would uh, I would also put Savage Worlds on the table. Everybody and their mother is preaching about Savage Worlds, but it's a... I don't want to say it's a rules-heavy system. It's relatively light as far as universal systems go. It's not quite as light as Quags or something like that. But Savage Worlds... Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that Savage Worlds is the greatest thing for new GMs. Because it kind of takes for granted that you have a lot of previous knowledge of gaming mechanics and the way things work. And, it, like, it expects you to, to tailor things a lot, Yeah, right? you kind of have to come to the table with to... an expectation of how this game system is going to work or how other game systems are going to work so that you know how to alter this one. You know, I was actually going to bring up the Savage Worlds. Um, I played a pretty wonderful one-shot. Um, I was It was like a DC uh, Heroes campaign. Or, you know, DC Heroes one-shot as Savage Worlds. That was my second or third role-playing experience. And I just, I mean, I had a blast. I, I think, you know, it wasn't really rules-intensive. I think the whole Benny system really just... Yeah, it's super easy for players. Absolutely killed the... Or by kill, I mean, you know, it, it enhanced the one-shot experience. It was right. awesome. Uh, Savage Worlds is definitely a good one for... Fast place play. You you can have some huge battles in Savage Worlds, and they don't take a lot of time. Uh, but again, you know, I'm not saying that James is a new GM, but that's kind of my biggest complaint about Savage Worlds is that you're expected to have some knowledge walking in if you're going to run the game. That being said, I do love the system, just like everybody. You guys had. should try playing any superhero RPG. It's the worst thing ever to try to learn. <laughs> well, you've got you've got um, you got the mutants and masterminds. Which is like an off that DC Adventures like an offshoot of it. Yeah, it's, and it's it's well DC Adventures is played with the mutants and mastermind system, which has been around forever. It's horrible. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> there it. There are a lot of people that would beg to differ with you on that one, my friend. No, it's I horrible like it. to learn. Oh, like, okay. Well, I like that. I like you're that. You're saying one. there's a big learning curve. I mean, if you're talking about things that are hard and crunchy, the hero system. Yeah. Okay. Um, the new uh, the, the new six thousand pages wait, and is books. the hero system. No. I don't know who puts out that game, that new Marvel game, that role-playing. Role Margaret Weiss Productions, that's the yeah. Cortex system. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's fairly easy to learn. Uh, yeah, that one's been in a few games, and that one, that one took a lot of innies, too. A lot of people are really digging on that one. I yeah. ha personally haven't actually played it yet. All right, well, James, we're discussing this kind of in passing today. This is really something that we probably need to dig in a little deeper on, and maybe... Maybe make an entire episode out of something like this, either rules heavy, rules light, or um, universal versus 
focused role-playing game systems, those all kind of fit in together. So this is we threw some options out there today. I'll make sure that there's some in the show notes. And if anybody else out there has any questions, please be sure to read them, send them to us. We will totally cover them on the show immediately. Um, <laughs> you may... We we said this previously, and everybody didn't want to, want to promise, but you may get your own episode. You, you really might. I can tell you what, if we hadn't been sandbagging on two the last two episodes when we're trying to bring this sci-fi episode up, we totally would have covered this, made an entire episode out of James's letter. Mm-hmm. We, we were pretty about much to. did. <laughs> like uh, we were on pace, yeah, maybe too. a half. Yeah. With that being said, let's move on to sci-fi. All right, so sci-fi. We're back. To, this is going back to our setting pieces and how to bring the tropes of a specific genre to your game table. And what was the last one that was covered? The last one that was covered was steampunk. And Very that, cool. I think that episode was. I don't know. It seemed so long ago. It, it was, was like it eight. Was eight or or not, it was like eight or yeah. nine or something like that. In any case, this one's on sci-fi. I mentioned before in fantasy that if fantasy was the exploration of possible pasts. Sci-fi is the considering of possible futures. Rod Serling makes the distinction between the two. Fantasy, impossible, made possible. Sci-fi, improbable, made possible. I think that, that pretty think well that's covers fair, it. that's fair, yeah. All right, thanks for joining us. This has been All the right, Carpe Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, the, the point... <laughs> <laughs> it's right there in the name. Science fiction is fiction... Based on it, it, a, the probability of science and like its expansion into the future. Yeah, this is your wheelhouse. Oh yeah, this is this is my <laughs> shit. <laughs> I do, I do like me some sci-fi. I love sci-fi. I love oh. Seinfeld. Oh, me too. Oh. We should do a sci-fi Seinfeld campaign. Sign. Whoa, that's weird. That's weird. That sounds horrible. Where it's like yeah. it's just like guys hanging out in like a. Like so starship. I was wondering, does Greedo shoot first? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Greedo died and Han lived. What's the deal? <laughs> What's the deal with that? Millennium it's, Falcon. It, it's, it's like Jerry and Kramer live in two compartments of a of a space station, and then yeah, uh, George and uh, Elaine, yeah, are, Elaine are, yeah. are, are running around on space shuttles, and they keep coming over every once in a while. Yeah, and, like, it's like bringing new people. Who keeps there. eating my dehydrated food? Yeah, that would Dear be, Lord, would where be, did this go so quick? <laughs> What's the deal with solar panels? That I will just say this so before we move fast. on, that I think Newman is actually Porkins. Oh, or oh, Java. That, 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 or both. <laughs> or, yeah, Java, yeah, Newman is kind of a troll it's, in that It's how you keep uh, getting Newman show. back into each of the, yeah. the, the movies. Yeah. Wow. Dude. All right, so l- let me just barge in here, like Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sci-fi encompasses so much. It's it's as big, if not bigger, than fantasy because it kind of creeps. The borders kind of creep into a lot of other genres. And I think it's just the general scope, considering like sci-fi it, uh, generally deals more with like the cosmos and the stars. And well, well no, here. hang on. Let, let's jump in right here. There's there's time travel sci-fi. There's space sci-fi. There's uh, future Earth sci-fi. There's uh, exploration sci-fi, like There's present uh, Earth sci-fi. Yeah, journey to the center of Earth, that kind of thing. But all yeah. those yeah. kind of deal with a larger scope when you go across time, across space. Well, well yeah, it, it tends to be exploration because it's you, you got to get out of where we are right now. So something is new and different. Yeah, something has to have what changed. About, like Alien, there's no. Well, that. Oh no, no, space. Wait. Space. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Shit. No. But <laughs> aliens attacking Earth can keep you right where you're at right now. Overfield but monster. The thing. Exactly. Yeah. I never seen it. 
Oh, well, same thing. Never same seen thing. Cloverfield? Oh, yeah. No, you, same you, thing you, you set in like the 80s. Cloverfield? There's a lot of abstract stuff in there. You, <laughs> no, I've seen Cloverfield. Oh, you have? He hasn't seen Super 8. 8. Uh, I like Cloverfield. You wouldn't like that either. Why wouldn't I like Cloverfield? Also okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's just see what just happened here. You say he wouldn't like Cloverfield. He said he loved Cloverfield. You now draw the next line of logic. Yeah. I will love Super 8 because I, I you are Super 8 right now. I bet you would like Super 8. <laughs> yes. But Super 8 is Cloverfield Strike noises. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could watch it now. I might have a panic attack. Okay, we'll leave that part out. <laughs> Super 8 was a really uh, really good sci-fi movie. I'll say that. Okay. I'll watch it tonight. It was, it was what we would call soft sci-fi, I think. Yeah, I'd agree yeah, with well, that. Are there monsters in it? Let's go there. What's the difference yep. between soft sci-fi and hard sci-fi? Hard sci-fi explains things. Hard sci-fi does it. I mean, maybe not everything, but it, at some at some measure, there's a there's a core concept that has been explained through plausible means scientifically. What does that mean? Sci-fi that outside the realm of the 2009 Star Trek movie, J.J. Abrams has no place in hard sci-fi because he never explains. Anything. No, that fr- is true. Fringe, actually. Fringe. Fring- if you're saying that because of Lost, Lost, Cloverfield, Super Eight, which you were just saying, Super Eight kind of kind of soft stuff, soft sci-fi. Um, so which one is Fringe? It? Is super hard sci-fi, but it's because it's about a mad scientist. I want to watch that show. Oh, it's it. Fringe is great. I love Fringe. It's it's X Files with a mad scientist. What is what is Mac and me? Stupid. Is that? Okay. Sorry. Wait. Podcasters? Right. What? No. Never seen Mac and Me? It's like that little alien thing from the eighties. Oh, I've never heard of it. I've seen it. It's a movie, the little the little cover has the little alien guy sitting on his shoulders. Yeah. Something. Is that like Paul? Yeah, just like it. Oh god, I hated Paul. Paul's awesome. It was oh, funny. Dear God. That's soft sci fi, isn't it? Um, yes. Uh, it's, sure. just, so, it's just dudes running around with an alien. Would E.T. <laughs> be considered soft sci-fi then? Absolutely. Okay. No way. That movie's terrifying. <laughs> that, that this soft is and hard has nothing to do with whether it's terrifying. It's really this is hard the problem to define, with, I would think. With, with pigeonholing sci-fi. You can't do it. It is the slipperiest monster ever. On, e. Fantasy is really quite easy to, to, to pigeonhole. Pigeonholing sci-fi is like holding... Jello. Yeah, it's like hold, no Jello is probably easy. <laughs> one, of the, one of those things is a little like. It's like tubes. holding sand. Hang on, you know the slippery tubes. You oh, just yeah. mentioned fantasy, yeah, and, you, and you started talking about how it was hard to pigeonhole stuff. And but 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 here's a there's you know we we treat out all the different divisions of fantasy when we were talking about it in that episode, and we started talking here about uh, hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi. But there's a distinction that that is a subset. The science fiction genre has science fiction which is you know future tech and all that sort of stuff and science fantasy well yeah but the the problem with sci-fi is that you can take because its concept is so abstract amorphous is inception sci-fi yes yeah is Ghostbusters sci-fi? Everything is yes. could, depending on how far yeah. you extrapolate <laughs> the meeting. Everything could, can they, be sci-fi. They, they introduce a slightly higher level of tech in order to tell a very different story. Okay, what you know, Inception? In Inception, they yeah. just have the ability to go in dreams. Once and you it have is that hard tech, sci-fi. and uh, it, Inception, no, they never really give you the concept. I think it's soft. They, it, it might be a little hard because they tell you a lot of rules about dreams. Okay, and in that, it's they never tell you how they actually like. Yeah, they don't tell you how it works, sir. All right, so you got Star Trek, you got Star Wars. 
Star Trek is harder sci-fi than Star Wars. Well, that, we're in the sci-fiction, sci, sci sci-fantasy division there. But, but still, it's sci hard sci-fi, soft sci-fi kind of falls. It's the yeah, first two yeah, subsets. No, I'll grant that. And I'll then from that. there, everything else branches out. Yeah, they tell you how the Enterprise works. They never tell you, like, why people... Why Even if it's complete the BS. And, yeah. <laughs> The they they try to well, come up with they gotta some... fill up like a, an hour worth of show. Well, no, they anyway. could have just said <laughs> they gotta they... be like, oh, the scrapulator has been jubling, dropping, and right? You go like <laughs> they could have done that. Space. <laughs> they could have <laughs> they could have done that. But then two episodes later, when they're talking about the scrapulator again, it might have been called something completely different. When they establish a tech, when they establish a piece of uh, technology, they stick with it. And then they extrapolate from there where the technology goes from from that point. I don't understand. I mean, I'm trying to explain I'm sure that why. Was... Well, here's an example. They, uh, Data in the next generation of Star Trek is supposed to have a positronic brain. And that's based on an Isaac Asimov reference that he just made up. He took a fancy term and applied to it. But then they did, Star Trek decided that there was all this science behind positronic brains and how it works. And certain parts of his head, if you touch them, mean certain things. And that was consistent throughout all their episodes. They basically made up their own science in order to have stories about it. Coming from one principle, and then they just extrapolated from that. And I'm yeah. saying that it exists because they have tons of episodes that are an hour long and they have to put something in it. So to fill up dialogue, well, they're like, I don't think it's those... to fill in. I think, I, like, as personally a big science fiction fan, I like that stuff. I well, like when people expand upon that logically, like that. And the other, the other side of that coin is they could have just filled with complete garbage. It could have just been, you know, them saying some random techno babble, and people who aren't scientists aren't going to know what they're talking about, or aren't huge science fiction fans aren't going to know what they're talking about. They're still going to fill the same. The same niche, they're still going to go along the same lines, it's still going to take the same amount of time, but the only difference is they put the work in to create a world with moving parts that they are trying to keep, what's the word there, cogent? They're, they're trying to keep a consistent technology development as they go along. In any case, Star Wars, you've got... The, the satellite on the, the Millennium Falcon makes absolutely no sense whatsoever when they shoot that thing, when they, they send the message via satellite. They, they throw a lot of stuff at you. They, yeah. thro they throw a lot of stuff at you so that and never tell you how any of it works, but it doesn't matter because I think what signifies... That's the techno battle. I think that what signifies sci fantasy is, is the storytelling. Like, they take the, the epic style or the... You know, classical themes, that sort of thing, right? And, and they they put sci-fi trappings on it of higher level tech or uh, different races or uh, exploration. I think, and instead of doing it in a fantasy way where there's casters taking you around, they're just doing it with spaceships instead. Good sci-fi to me always asks a question: What if this? And it it tends to establish a specific tech level or situation, and then from that point extrapolate out. And say, well, what if? Okay, we have AI. What if they decide they want to be free? iRobot? Right. Well, it's, yeah. Asimov. Asimov. Um, and I think, I think a lot of the most. Isaac Asimov. Isaac he's Asimov. He, like, wrote, like, every sci fi thing ever. <laughs> oh. He's a really prolific author. If okay. you're, if you're into sci fi at all, you really should check out. Mac likes them, but I think, I think they're, for me, they'd probably be, like, nap time. 
A lot of talking. I think that's the case with well, Star Trek and you as uh, well, right? I like Star Trek. Not to cut you off, Dan, but to make a quick point about Asimov and something you were saying about tech earlier before, uh, the difference between hard and soft. Sure. Asimov's first three robot, well, his three robot novels um, are detective stories. And he's, yeah. in, one, in the intros for one of the novels, he specifically said, I, I, I created a world in which intelligent, like, human-like robots existed, and then said, how do people react? What do they do? Like... It's kind of how... And I had to establish... And he wanted to write a mystery for it, and he had to not just answer it with tech, because he'd read so many pulp science fiction things where somebody just walked in a room with a laser gun that showed him who the killer was. Like, And, and it, there's no mystery in that. There's no solving it. Uh, it's just eventually somebody walks in the room with the right device, and it's over. Are right. you when referring you... to maybe, like, James Bond, sort of? Mm, not so much. It's more along the lines of CSI... If okay. they never had to go out in the field, they just always had the contraptions, and they're like, "Oh, yep, yeah." They, this guy. they just have to figure out which scanner like to run through, and they report. just know who it is. It's like, oh, okay. oh, he's the killer. There's tons of them. That there, there was tons of Pulp Fiction mystery at the time. That so on the topic is James Bond sci-fi, like uh, many of his movies. Totally, like, he's got like he's got Moonraker. He got yeah, like all these all like, these crazy stuff. Odd job yeah, hats. I, I think it has. I think it has. It's definitely got some technological feel to it. The whole, the whole purpose back, of Q and the devices was to like touch on sci-fi a little. I yeah. mean, you, you you keep you keep running down that trail. Batman sci-fi. Everything Comic is books sci-fi. are totally sci-fi. Uh, yeah, they are. Again, no, for the most are. part. <laughs> I, I still am a firm believer that well, comics. Well, I think they might be sci fantasy. But. Most comics are supers, if that's what we're talking about, and they are their own thing. No, Guardians of the Galaxy supers. No, 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 no. No, they they really sci-fi. are different. What about? I think Swamp Thing kind of falls under the sci fi. Yeah, there's like, all no kinds supers. of supers. Yeah, there's not a superhero at all. Well, hang on, you're talking about like like Vertigo comics. Like Constantine definitely doesn't fall into that. But but you know, my friend Garber used to talk about that. It Why was the good. Last Man? Yeah, I, I said that there's tons of other comics, no, okay, but when don't. but what he's talking about with regards to supers is definitely true. I do think they are kind of their own thing. Nice. I don't think that Galaxy uh, Guardians of the Galaxy should be grouped in with supers, but I do think supers are their own thing. But okay, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> never mind. Well, I'm just saying, Superman is not sci-fi. Yeah, he is. It's supers. Planet is alien. He is an alien. I understand <laughs> that, but what I'm saying is that's how far you're. You, how far do you stretch the borders of sci-fi? How far do you pull it out? How far? Where's the uh, end? Martian Manhunter. Do you think that he's sci-fi or is he supers? Like he exists in a super world, but he's a freaking alien from. Well, you know, I don't think there is a thing. Superman was an alien, but Superman wasn't always an alien. That's true. He's a guy lifting cars. That's impossible. (laughs) Yeah, no. Well, the problem with the problem with pigeonholing sci-fi is it cannot be pigeonholed because bits and pieces of sci-fi make its way into fantasy. They make its way into supers. They make its way into horror. They make its way into action. They make its way into everything. That's why something that is sci-fi is sci-fi specifically because someone says this is sci-fi. There is no specific regimen that you have to follow to run a sci-fi game. You can run a horror game in on the spaceship of the start on the uh, Star Trek Enterprise. You can run a detective novel. You can re- run a detective game on the Millennium Falcon somewhere in the galaxy. You can you can run all of these things together, and they can all exist in a world with advanced technology. All you're doing is asking the question, "What if?" And that's why I brought that forward. Is whenever I'm talking about sci-fi. The good sci-fi to me asks the question, what if, after establishing a specific set of tech? It's not just a story about what's going on presently. It usually asks a question about what's happening in the future or shows an 
evolution of something that has been previously established. Okay, so you mentioned the show Revolution last time. Yes. Now that's a lack of tech. That's, that's a, a lack of tech. So, but in the but same at the same time, the lack of tech, there's tech going on in that show that is a result doesn't exist. Right. Could you call that sci-fi? Because yes, it, I would say it asks the question: What if? I call it fantasy. I call it a modern fantasy. But again, those borders are bleeding through. All know, in general, you're talking about revolution specific, but I wonder how. Where, where would you put post-apocalypse? Uh, depends. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah like the kind of its own yeah. thing. Kind of its own thing. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I could go on okay. for hours about like we, Fallout. Yeah, we can like, just start listing every piece of social media or uh, every piece of popular media and be like, yeah, that's sci-fi. That's fantasy. Which, by the way, this episode is going to be another nightmare for you to do the show links for. Yeah, that'll be fun. But what I was getting ready to say was we discussed steampunk before. Okay, now here's an example. Steampunk is Victorian era sci-fi. Okay. Yeah. If you what, were if you were if living, you were in living the 1600, then, steampunk would be sci-fi for you. No, even in the in the <laughs> the late 1800s. I don't know because you when, got like the airships and stuff that don't exist in totally I mean, sci-fi for them. Maybe not the maybe sci-fi well, for us. Maybe the late 1800s, sure. But I mean, like we were talking. Were we talking about Wild Wild West in the in the steampunk? Yes, we were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, remember the the super advanced train that's got like a tank on the front of it that right. the one guy has. You know, right? And Loveless creates like an octo monster that he like the spider comes giant part spider. Of. that's yes. like exactly what we're talking about though like somebody looking at, at this newfangled device the train is probably like hey i wonder what's next like trains with guns on them and then that's how you get there like, right exactly that's yeah. what if okay so now uh let's take shadow run for example the first the original edition of shadow run you guys know what Sa- shadow run is it right yeah. cyberpunk mm-hmm. definitely yeah. sci-fi um you could get jacked in to the mainframe, but you you could have you could have cybernetic arms and legs and different body parts being augmented through technology and whatnot. You could be a cyborg. You could be completely digital. You could be a troll. I think. Yeah, yeah. there's some magic mixed in with <laughs> there's there. There's always a troll. But the thing was, whenever you could, whenever you got jacked into the mainframe, you still had to use a cord. Nobody considered wireless internet technology then. So it's a it's a standard of the time that we're walking around right now with iPhones in our pockets and everything. Imagine Gene Roddenberry. What would he think when he was writing Star Trek if he could see the tech that we had right now? What turns would the tech in Star Trek have taken if he had the information that we have now? Ask JJ. Tomorrow sci-fi. <laughs> tomorrow sci-fi may also be the day after tomorrow's technology. And then again, we may throw half of those ideas out because they're stupid. I once had an iPod dock that was a toilet paper dispenser. That's wow. stupid. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Listen to it in your bathroom. Does it dispense? Or well, does... I mean, no, it's a roll. It's just, it's it's a just roll, a roll okay. with an okay. iPod dock. Okay. Do you get a theme song? No. He doesn't know how to just... use the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> Demolition Man. No, I see what point you're trying to make here. Um, to reference the second Turtles movie, at what point Michelangelo says... Oh, it's like video games in 3D. So it's like in the <laughs> yeah, 80s. Obviously, right. video games in 3D was a crazy concept. But right. guess what? Now you can do that. We've yeah. got it. Well, we were talking before about you know trains, and then train, somebody looking at trains goes, "Hey, I wonder if there's a more advanced version of trains that could ever happen." And then you get the metro. You get cars. You know, like um, combustion engines rather than steam engines. But you know, in the in the 80s, somebody's looking at jets and going, "Hey, I wonder if they could be remote controlled like my little remote control biplane is." And then you get the freaking 
multi-role strike fighters and the 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 drone planes that yeah. we got now. Like somebody was just telling me at work yesterday that they approved the use of driverless cars in California. They, they did. did. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> Uh, there's been, uh, I That's was reading a story on it. Awesome. They had been uh, test driving a few of these things. I think one of them had 300,000 miles driven or something like that without an accident. But mm-hmm. the, I think the law is that someone has to actually be in the car. The first thing I thought can't of. be like, car, go get me beer. Right. You can't just send your car out <laughs> oh to God. take the kids to school. I know. Can't, gonna start can't, on that. Go get me beer. The first yeah. thing I thought of whenever I heard this was uh, total recall. Where the cabs were like that mannequin guy that was just I'm like a the top Johnny half. Cab. Yeah, yeah, the Johnny Cab. And he's like, hey, buddy, where are we going? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. Uh, but that's not it. Someone has to be in the front seat with, with the car in case anything happens. But like, apparently you can be in the front seat like playing video games or texting on your phone or having a breakfast. Or... Hey, you sit in the passenger seat because there's all these mechanisms built into the steering wheel and the driver's seat. But yeah. But you also wonder how long it's going to yeah, take for that piece of tech to be like completely trusted where people aren't are playing video games and are just like freaking out like staring all, at the road the entire all time. All it has to do is be advertised like an iPhone and people just... Yep. Or if it's in California and people are like oh, okay that sounds awesome. You still drive your cars? Jeez. Wow. You must live in the Midwest. You guys still ride horses? <laughs> I have ridden a horse. How is corn production this week? <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Bacon's going up. All right. So. <laughs> Welcome so, to the grocery cast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Got these crystal light the packages. Lobster's at an all-time low. The commodities exchange is up in Chicago. It's nice. Good man. Where are we going? Tuck pork bellies. It's okay. easy to get tangential. Sell more sci-fi is everywhere, remember? Sci-fi Even in the grocery everywhere. store. <laughs> sci-fi is at Shop and Save. It's all around you, like. Miracles. Sure it is. Oh, sure yeah. You, you take the commodities I'm exchange and add like super pharmaceutical geniuses and you get the movie Limitless. Sci-fi. All right. There you go. <laughs> or you could yeah, just walk down the aisle and see George Lucas whoring out all over the aisle. <laughs> With everything being Star Darth Trek. Darth Vader, car- Star Trek? Or Star Wars. Uh... Yeah. Darth Vader cupcakes. And then you got Bruce Willis who will sign on to what turned out to be a decent sci fi movie in the. Uh, Fifth element, Fifth element yep. and a bad sci-fi movie in Surrogates. Yuck. I've never seen, seen Surrogates it. yet. I, 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 didn't li- I did not like Surrogates. It's a comic book. But I do love the concept. Left you w- wondering what if. Do it love is. the concept. Mm-hmm. Really kind of creepy, actually. But I do love it the concept It was very scary, but the movie was... They had so much, and then they just took so it like, and... If, so Surrogates would probably be along the lines of cyberpunk in that... You had this surrogate body that you just kind of downloaded your consciousness into, where you then interact with the world through through that. You weren't actually; it wasn't your body though. So if your surrogate got shut down, you just got like booted out, and you wound up in your bedroom or wherever it was that you were jacked into this thing. But it, I guess it could be along the line, along those lines somewhere. Now, having Some, not seen it, if they just introduced this one piece of tech, the idea that like people can remotely control robotic bodies, and that's and that's how everybody does stuff. That that's the what if, and if they describe all the rules, it's hard. And if they just say, and that's what it is, now watch what they do with it. It's soft, but right. I, I'd say it. I'd put it in cyberpunk if they become cavalier and uh, risk taking with it. Like, uh, that's the thing. At some point, uh, Bruce Willis is playing a police officer in Surrogates, where he's going through. Uh, I think in the the opening scene, there's this massive chase scene where he's just jumping through things he would never have done if it was his body mm-hmm. and all this, and he's just. Completely wasting this machine that he's that he's running. I mean, 
And uh, long and short of it, he loses his surrogate and then winds up going out into the real world again, flesh and bone, Gotcha. when he hasn't been out in the real world in years. And this is the story we're telling, is that this guy has been in his... Yeah, he's bedroom all, he's essentially. All and his yeah. eyes hurt, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and he doesn't know how to react because his flesh is now exposed. I think the yeah. comic was longer, had more explained more of the world and everything. Yeah, and he's also the guy that was just jumping from jumping forty feet from point A to point B because he had these cybernetic legs. Now he's got to watch out when he's walking Buffet. down steps. Yeah. <laughs> So cyberpunk, I mean, I, that's not a great example of cyberpunk. I was just trying to shoehorn that in because I want to talk about some of the uh, subcategories of sci-fi. You want a good example of cyberpunk? Johnny Mnemonic. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I need a computer. I want room service. I need a computer. <laughs> like there's, they, they throw tons of tech at you. It's definitely soft. Internet they dolphins. They, they don't say how anything works. Terminator. And then they get completely cavalier with it in that... <laughs> Just like what happens in 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 the in the future where there's all sorts of more technology? Well, you got uh, tons of bodyguards, prostitutes, prostitute bodyguards, <laughs> internet dolphins, monofilament whips. Everyone has a gun. Yeah, there's about twenty people who live in New Jersey and they all work for Henry Rollins. Did you know? And <laughs> did you mention internet dolphin? <laughs> yeah, and they have little microwave like discs and they can fry you with if they want to. Remember that? I, All right. like Ice-T was in it, too. Or Ice Cube. One of the Ices. <laughs> you put an Ice Cube in your Ice Tea, you got a delicious drink. No. And you got two rappers. You're dead. Two rappers slash actors. Start over. And, you got... and, and you've got two rappers slash actors. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Raptors. So, Raptors. So that's, that's cyberpunk. Um, diesel punk? What would you consider diesel punk? Diesel punk is kind of like steampunk. But a little bit further, a little bit more advanced tech. The hell is that? Convoy. The diesel engine has been created, rather than just using the steam engine. So was it like when the diesel engine was like a new thing? More, yeah. It's it's closer to the Edwardian era. Sounds boring. Come on, man. Sounds boring. Diesel powered cowboys. With uh, they wouldn't with be the, cowboys anymore. They'd be like, yes, we have they cars. would. That's the thing. You you're you're running with the, you're you're staying with the trappings of the time, but introducing different tech. Yeah, dude, it's like ice road truckers. <laughs> this it's sounds nothing this like sounds, ice road truckers. <laughs> this sounds like a different version of steampunk. It is. It's oh, a okay. it's a more advanced version of steampunk. It's diesel punk. Okay. It's just the next stage, beyond the steam engine. Now you have the diesel engine. Okay. Is this like World War Two era tech, but they're doing more stuff with it? Uh, a little bit earlier than that, uh, okay. but yeah. Could you have like, like cowboys and dinosaurs? Sure, why not? Is it reasonable to That'd say that cool. like realized diesel punk is when like the first tanks started appearing on like World War One bottle? Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Okay. One. That's cool. But then slap that in the Wild West, or in well, early, yeah. early, late Victorian England. So okay. Basically, just taking it. things that don't belong here and putting it there. That's everything we do. That's what that's what we do here. Fantasy, sci-fi, everything. Another one I got is uh, Atomic Punk. What's ooh? It's exactly ooh, what it Van sounds Halen. like. Van <laughs> Halen. That would be awesome. Very good. Oh, I don't get Brian. it. Uh, that was an homage to Steve and his craziness. I think. <laughs> Living uh, vicariously. I think. Then yeah. we've got science fantasy, which we've already talked about with Star Wars. Um, I don't know the difference. 
Yeah, I'm having a problem like delineating between science. It's all and fantasy. spaceships to me. <coughs> but I guess you're saying that sub- the sci fantasy is sort like sort of a uh, um, offshoot of science right. fiction. It's kind of a subcategory, so I can yeah, understand. Yeah, this is all that. science fiction. Let me give you yeah. an example okay. of why Star Wars is science fiction. In a world with laser guns, space fighters, and things, and you can build things big enough to destroy entire planets, they're fighting with swords. Yeah. Fantasy. <laughs> I love it. It's laser swords. Yeah. That's ignorant. I love it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it's just, ignorant. Oh no, it's totally okay, cool. I don't want to get I don't want to get lost in this because everybody every podcast on the planet has debated Star Wars, science fiction, or fantasy. When there's a clear answer in science fantasy, to me anyway. But I mean that's just my opinion. Let's not uh, let's not attack that one because it's been done a hundred times and no one ever agrees with the other person. So let's just okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. It's really sad that we're only talking about movies. There's a lot of great sci-fi video games that have a good world: Borderlands, Halo, Mass Effect, Mass Effect, Dead Space. Yeah, these are all good. Not my wheelhouse. You guys should have been bringing this out. Borderlands yeah, has got a really Dead cool Space one. is really cool because it's like Borderlands. Um. It's that? it's uh, redneck fan. It's sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. saying that's kind of along the same lane, the same vein as like Mad Max, right? So but with better tech, it, it feels like Mad Max when you're playing it. Because is like, it post-apocalyptic? It's yes. not. No, uh, it's not. It's a, it's, it's but other you're, planet. You're yeah. in another planet that has a post-apocalyptic landscape. It but looks, it's not though. Well, they're it's, not. It, an no, it's, they're just it's rednecks. Uncolonized. Yeah. It's just. It's raw. They're just it's idiots, old. and it's awesome. This is what I call it. Get you one. No, if I remember correctly from the first one, it's a it's a place nobody wants to be. Yeah, because everything the one, sucks. The there. one company like totally runs it or whatever, and everything just is terrible. That is true because like uh, external companies from other worlds bring in a ton of tech, and this tech is like tech not the seen on Earth. Guns ever, right? Tech that's not seen on Earth. So <laughs> like, I, I guess you... that's correct in the fact that maybe Pandora is like it could be even like two hundred years in the future on Earth. Pandora being the planet that you the adventure takes place in in Borderlands, mm-hmm. yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean it's post-apocalyptic. It just has that feel because the landscape's so barren. I guess I love the gun types that whenever you reload them, you just <laughs> throw them at your opponent, and, and then they, they explode, explode like grenades, and, and then a new one just appears in your hand. That's pretty funny. Just magically appears. So we got sick. a couple other couple other ones. We got uh, Space Western. Uh, my favorite Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Firefly. Yeah, uh, the greatest of all time. My absolutely. Favorite. But there's also now, now that's above. that's the wagon train style of space western. I'm a big uh, Deep Space Nine fan, which is like I okay, mean, Corral. Yeah, yeah. You, you Dodge take, City. Like Star Trek normally is a we go to this planet. What can we screw up here? Okay, yeah, that's now, normally the wagon train. Now we're gonna leave and go to the next planet. But but Deep Space Nine, you know, they 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 trap them on this one space station, and uh, you you've got you've got a sheriff character, you've got the 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 army, you know, general or colonel of the town or whatever. You've got the guy that runs the local saloon, you know. Yeah. All the different people who come in and out, and they put them in a kind of important place. So there's all kinds of traffic, and see, it's, I, it's really neat the sort of stories they tell. That the way. thing I like about Firefly Serenity so much is it's like there's not it's not sci-fi like at all like yes there's there's spaceships but that's like it well that's like, the thing it's still an no offshoot aliens, of sci-fi there's no it's still an offshoot of sci-fi though you got the spaceships you have the tech you have the gratuitous hey here's what kind of tech we have and this is the situation we're in now what happens i mean they're gun shoot bullets well, right there's mm-hmm. also psychics and stuff actually <clears throat> that's, i mean that's yeah. awesome because i've only seen a couple episodes of firefly 
But you guys have seen Cowboy Bebop, right? I yeah, mean, it's I the trying, same. It's the same. Yeah, like, he basically based it off. the exact yeah. same thing, right? Well, the the space western aspect of it is because you're taking all the tropes and the trappings of, or you're taking all the tropes and the storytelling concepts, and even some of the scenery, scenery and setting pieces from westerns, and applying them to a sci-fi world where you have spaceships and you have faster than light travel, and you See, have. I think it's the opposite. I think it's a, it's a western world with a few sci-fi tropes. But the thing is, couldn't they go to a planet that was not conducive to their own tech? Yeah, um, where they could have stumbled across a much higher tech? No. No, they, it's it's a bunch of planets around one solar system. It's not, it's not really like everything's far apart. There's no high tech. Like, what, yeah. what is true, though, is that there are places of it that aren't Western. They're like the sci-fi. Like a, a, the sci-fi is true throughout, but it's it just as the West only took place in the West and on the East Coast, you, you had the Victorian era. Right. If you go to like the the core worlds or whatever they're called, it's 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 urban sprawl. It's not Western. So like hive mind, hive cities, something. It's like a regular city. Yeah. They don't show it very much because the point of the show is that it is You're you know it, the it, it sticks to its Western stuff and they stay out on the the basically rim the other. It's like one half Western, one half like Chinese. Like everyone's speaks Chinese and everything like that, so like well, that kind of goes along with um, the Asian corporations taking over and um, oh, I see well, no, establishing to... establishing huge corporations, larger than life corporations, which then in turn create the hive cities, which then in turn gives you the worlds where Shadowrun exists, where it's man versus corporation, and there there's massive mega corporations in these hive towns, these hive cities. That you're that you're existing in. China's so, I mean, kind of communist and not likely to create mega corporations. But hey, sorry, I'm just making I'm drawing a parallel All here. Right. It is the answer to the what if. It's like okay, what languages are people going to be speaking when we've gone so far forward that you know you can you can see that you know a lot of people around the world speak English because it was a language business was done in. And let's say that that's not going to stop because we got to shoot a show in English. But what's the other language everybody's speaking? <laughs> well, probably Chinese because there's a bunch of them. Like <laughs> yeah, with the whole um, thousand million thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> do the Chinese really have the bomb, or do they just have one billion people all go boom at the same time? <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Hey, I'm not the racist this podcast. That's not uh, racist. That's not racist. A billion Chinese people going boom. What? That's not racist. That's a joke about population. Also, China's not a race; it's a country. But those oh. Japanese. Good lord! All right. <laughs> <laughs> so. We- Hey, my good. point stands. I'm not the racist this podcast. So we've my, got my, when you said that my initial inclination was, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, space opera is the last one, and that one is more. The hell is a space opera? Extremely soft sci-fi. Has it that, got meatloaf in it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's more. Hang on, can we think of a movie with meatloaf in it that was a space opera? Because no. it's possible. It's, I was kidding. It's more story centric than science. And it just takes place so, in Firefly. <laughs> no, Space Western. Firefly. Oh. <laughs> so what's the space opera? I think Star space Wars? operas are in sci fantasy, but uh, Star space... Wars. Star Wars is that's a pretty good one. Um, but that was kind of an intergalactic situation that they were dealing with, where they had huge threats and planet destruction, and it's more that's a about good opera. Well, well, the do they sing in space operas? Probably not. I don't know. The <laughs> Completely derailed. Uh, I want to hear a Wookiee sing. <laughs> oh, man, Star Wars Christmas special. Oh. Yes. It's more along the lines of a personal story. Um, it's the. It's less about... The journey of a hero. Intergalactic 
you don't the universe changing events yeah. more about interpersonal relations between people or small organizations or something like so that. So what you're really trying to say is space soap opera. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That kind of reminds about, like, me of talking uh, about like Red Dwarf. Like Ah uh, yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. What the hell is that? Red Dwarf? Mm-hmm. All right. What about just... the Gundam series? Anybody <laughs> yeah. seen Gundam? You mean yeah. Gundam style? Oh, Gundam style? No, Gundam. Gundam. It's an anime where you I mean, know, yeah, yeah. everyone knows what Gundam is, right? Okay. But I've never seen it. All right, so let, let's let's do this. All right, your thing is stupid. I saw, no, no, no. I, just, I watched all of Gundam Wing. It was interesting. I don't know where. I'd we're running it. low on time again. So once again, <laughs> don't whad me. Um, I'm just gonna have to release three times a week at this point, or we're gonna have to cast. Sure, three times I a am week. so down. When do you guys want to edit? <laughs> never, because <laughs> we can. Because <laughs> we get too gentle, and we run out of time every week. Um. Mac and I had a conversation, and he has a concept for a campaign. And, um, well, I'll just hand this off to you. Mac, what do you got? Go ahead and give us the breakdown and, and talk to us about how uh, how we can help you develop this thing. So I, the, the, the science fiction story I always wanted somebody to tell, you know, the, 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 the novel I always wanted to write, was, so there's tons of examples of humanity goes out into space and meets aliens who are also out in space and you know stuff happens okay like star trek is we make friends with everybody and go around not messing with people uh space above and beyond is like we go out and the very first people we meet we immediately start like at war with uh halo's kind of like that i'm pretty sure the aliens <laughs> find us like first. That, yeah there's tons of sci-fi stories where aliens find us first rather uh, than we prometheus find them first. maybe yeah, yeah. I, I really want to see the thing where humanity goes out into space and there's nothing for the longest time. And we're all by ourselves and we get, you know, more So and more we're advanced. the first. Or the only, as or far the as we only, know. Yeah. Like, it's not important. Like, as far as we know, it's just we just kept going. You know, we were able to colonize planets and get fast and light travel, and we just never saw anybody else. So we got big, we got powerful, and we keep expanding. Right. And, you know, we pretty much get married to the fact that, you know, there's nothing else going on. But then we find this one planet, and and it's got life on it. It's got intelligent life on it. Like, there's, you know... I, I think the way that the, the campaign starts off is I've got people, uh, my party is a team who works for, you know, the government or whatever, who's being brought in to, like, t- for a situation they don't entirely know what's going on, and I'll, like, bring them up to a space station that's over this planet that they've never really heard of before, introduce them to, like, some of the background, like, command-level characters, and introduce them to the concept, which is there's this, like... I don't know what level of tech to give. Here's here's one of the first points. I don't know what level of tech to get, to give like the, the the race on the planet. I don't know if they should be like pre-industrial. I I don't know if they should be you know Greeks. I don't know if they should be uh, uh, have gunpowder and chemistry and some science. I don't know if they should be cavemen. You know? Should make them dumb. Well, it depends on you know. Yeah, what it depends level. on the story you're trying to tell here. Yeah, and and, and I'll. And I don't know if they should have, like, cities and stuff and have an actual civilization and we're just spookily above them and they don't have a space program yet, you know? And the the whole point of this campaign is that I want to ask the question. I want to have the party, like, I think there's several ways that you could go. It's, like, completely ignore them or study them either way. Uh, let them know you're there or not know they're there. Or, you know, I think that there's, like, a religious question of, you know, people who are threatened by this and want to exterminate them, like... Right. I think that there's a, a, a whole lot going on there, and that's I kind of want to play the the party through a, a series of scenarios, a, a, a growing. I want to expose them to the to the aliens on this planet, 
have them decide whether they're going to interact with them, have them decide whether they're going to help them or not, you know, uh, see how they role play out the initial interactions and stuff, and then have the higher ups that I've introduced them to previously start like making their own decisions about what they're going to do. Like the general goes AWOL and shuts down all communication. He's going to blow the planet up because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like any of them. But then, you know, there's the, the head of the scientific mission who uh, wants to, you know, it, it's it's actually a very, a lot wants like to Avatar. study the people. and Yeah. Like yeah. Avatar. Like Avatar. Oh my God. The yeah. entire time I was just thinking of Avatar. Except that I want to open it up a little bit more and maybe have them have a little higher tech level and some other Make things. it a little less generic. And See, we're not there in this, in this case, we're not there to take something from them that they already have. Right. It's we have, have the ability to just move on. We, we have can the ability. The unobtainium. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't need it. We, there's like the only reason we're there is because they are. It's the equivalent yeah. of let's say humans watching gerbils in a cage, yeah. where we don't have to mess with them. We don't have to go down. They're doing fine by themselves. Or, or maybe they aren't. Or even but I mean, yeah, I'm kind of wondering. We don't need their planet. We don't need their bodies. We don't need their resources. We just stumbled across them. What hey, if they, that might be one of the, like if if the party doesn't like lean in a direction that causes them to interact, I might like threaten them. I might go like, "Oh, you guys have seismic readings that say that there's about to be a gigantic earthquake here. Do you want to tell anybody? Like, you know, if you want to like help that. them out, okay, yeah. that's cool. Like, what if, that's say, the moral quandary. Yeah, and they're like they don't have a space program, so they're like in our equivalent of like the early 1900s. Right. Okay, cool. so let's establish that. Boom. We're industrial aged. What if they're delicious? <laughs> that, who found <laughs> that out? That, that's the real question. Who found that out? It was part of the scientific experiment. Ma- yeah. Maybe it's smell based because that's how you would probably tell so. you. Doctor, like, what if they the just smell of, like the McDonald's. planet of chocolate people? Doctor oh Rice, God. what have you found? I don't know. Here, chocolate try this. People? <laughs> <laughs> like Hershey. Try this. Like, it's kind of. It's got like a cotton. I think it's brain. Um, <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> but it is. It goes good with horseradish. Not bad. So the question is, the party, who are you, Brian? What? Give I'm, it. A, I, uh, I wanted. I want to do a reveal okay. like this. People are being brought to a, a planet. You're, you're all. You're all members of a team, who's being sent down on an exploration mission with super hush hush secrecy. Secrecy. Possible. You know, maybe I'd float. Possible first contact scenario. So, like, who are you? You're one of like four guys. Uh, Who's going down to the surface in, in in the cargo shuttle bay in the opening scene of like in something like the opening scene of the first Predator movie, you know where they're introducing each yeah. of the different guys. Mm-hmm. Which guy are you? You know, it, it doesn't have to be a military team. Are you like are you like a language guy? Are you like a super hunter? Who's I'm like, the guy who won the contest. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're the no 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 no. So you are the multiple billionaire sponsor of this spaceship. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, so you're yeah. the layman. You're just the guy. Yeah, okay? I'm the guy who has no business being there. So whatsoever. you're just the random human who does not belong on this. Yeah. You're going to be the so, moral compass, you know that? That'd be cool. So, so you're going to be the Johnny Everyman. You're only is. being sent down because you demanded to go. Yeah. Oh, you're the oh, politician. Either yeah, either like, that or, yeah, I like won a contest or like I'm the guy who does the lawn and like accidentally like got on the spaceship. <laughs> And was like, oh, I he left my wrench lawn. in here. Like, <laughs> if, if, if the grease monkey, yeah. if somebody's the scientist, you're the intern. Oh, you're you're Natalie Portman's intern from Thor. You're like, why why are you here? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what skills do you have? You Man, can drive the van. Her. Okay, you can drive the van. I don't All right, Tyler, <laughs> who are you? Oh, I gotta be the um, the tech specialist. I can hack anything, and my expertise was. My my expertise so was the, the reason I was, like, I was selected. Yes, now, the engineer. Now, I, I'd give you roles in the space station and, and like if anybody decided to do something hack stuff, but if you're going out into the field, 
Yeah, what's your skill? What 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 are you taking with you to like let you? Are, are you the guy who's got all kinds of scanners and you know how to do all that stuff? You are you the guy who's got like the the Congo style uh, uh, turrets that you're going to set up to make yeah, see, sure that's what, yeah, base that, camps okay? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like okay. If, if that yeah, were that possible, guy. like the turrets and like it's no, possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, no, like. It, because I'm going to base the level of tech on like who what we, we're like, saying here. If if, right. n- if nobody says that they're like the the anthropologist who's going to be like know yeah. know a lot of things about culture no and, and be the language guy and all yeah. that sort of stuff, then I'm probably going to give you some form of a universal translator. But no, I like know, we're know. talking like if any combat happens, I'm not shooting my own gun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Man, I will be that guy hiding behind the rock. Right. You're you're uh, you're Sam Rockwell from oh, Galaxy Quest. No. No, You're like we're Tony Stark I, at the beginning yeah, of Iron Man. No, I totally like have a robot bodyguard that I'm like he's coming with me. Cool. There you go. Cool. And he now we've got some tech. So I was kind of thinking the anthropologist in. would have like a, a and I could fix your robot if he yeah, gets damaged. or like suit him up. If I was picking something, I'd be like the the, the guy who's good with languages, so that I can maybe try to figure out how to talk to him, and I'd be like a culture guy to like you know I don't know why I'd be brought along. I, I'd probably also say that there's some sort of geologist or some crap. But I'd give myself a gorilla. I'd have like a gorilla with like Ooh. an arm thing that would let it do sign language and talk to me and stuff, or That'd maybe awesome. like extra brain stuff. And if Amy? we were gonna, it, you decided to make the, you thought it would be good for the tech level to be around 1900s, and I agree with that. But if it was like, yeah, <laughs> the Amy, yes, totally. Yeah. But if if we decided to make them like dumber than that, it'd be that like the gorilla was the one doing all the talking. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so they're basically like Neanderthals from another yeah, no, no, yeah. If we mother. decided to go that way, like that would be a very interesting like way to do all that. Can my robot... It's like we seem like godlike super tech beings and then the gorilla's communicating the monkey, for us yeah, as the our monkey's herald. Just like, yeah, yeah you're, you're just like them. That's hilarious. Go talk to them. Can my robot also be a truck? Like turn into... It could oh. be an Adrian Barbobot. Oh, does he have D-Cops of Justice? He does. Sparkamus Prime. All righty. Um, what about you, Dan? Who would you be? Ooh, good question. I'm gonna go with. All right, so we got the, we got the the fool billionaire. Oh, fool. we should look at like um, we've got was it, the uh, cabin in the woods. Have I have all the? Oh the yeah, tro- the the fool, the athlete, the scholar, and the the. I've already picked the virgin. The virgin. All right, so <laughs> we've got we've got the fool, the billionaire fool. We've got the um the engineer. Scholar. No, that's he's that's not necessarily the scholar. The techie. He we got the techie guy and the guy who sets up home base and the one that handles all the equipment. I'll be the scholar. I'll be the guy that does um anthropology. Maybe not even anthropologist. The reason we're coming down here is because there's some sort of an earthquake or something. Is that what you're no, saying? No, you don't know why you're going down there. It's exploration. It's exploration. All right. You could be a generic scientist of any sort. Well, I'll just be <laughs> Or you could be every scientist. You I'm, could be that guy. I'm going to be the cold-hearted, undiscerning scientist who looks at everything from a scientist's point of view. Ooh, you should be Jeff Goldblum for Independence Day. No, he said oops. No, he's, I would he's never already say that oops. guy. That's uh, him. Uh, uh, oh. Tyler's already that guy. Okay, yeah. I'm talking about only thinking of science and logic and trying to... Everything is an issue. Everything is a problem that must be solved. Everything is a puzzle. Not a very fun character for me to roleplay, but it's going to be a great story device. Oh, no. It can be a fun character for you to roleplay because some somewhere along the line this guy has to finally make a decision. Yeah. And he's gonna be so vehement about it. Yeah. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the angry guy who charges head first into stuff because right. he, he really singularly believes in one of these decisions. He'll be emo- more emotionally invested than any of the three of us. 
Yeah, he, oh, well, okay. it, I don't no think... No way, I, I think, would be invested with money. I You're think like, it'll be because he's not even emotional investor. I think it'll be because he's logically He has invested. conviction. Oh, because yeah. he's super neutral? He, he, he No, he considers it to be the only. This it's is not, it. It's this not even like works. he's split okay. emotionally. It's so not, he this just is works in absolute. Obviously, you do not wipe out, you know, a species because... Almost like a robot. That just, yeah, you know, yes, exactly like that. And as a matter of fact, you can be an android if you want to be. Deal. If that's how you decided you wanted to, you know... Then we can have robot battles. You could be like Bicentennial Man. Rock em, sock em. Now, I, I find it very interesting that nobody wanted to be the soldier. Nobody wanted to be like the, the Great White Hunter. I was from leaning Jurassic towards that Park one, but, the... I, but I always pick the soldier, so I, I know, just wanted to do like, something different. And we already made the Avatar reference, and everybody saw what happened to that guy. Like, he was yeah. cool, though. His right, so mech since, had a knife. Since His Steve, mech had a combat boot knife. It was so cool. Since, since oh Steve's God. not here, he's the soldier. Yeah, Steve's the soldier. What he he'd probably play that character anyway. Actually, he'd probably be like, can I be a flying squirrel with tank treads for legs? <laughs> we could just make him Boba Fett. He could be like the soldier, but he's got Boba Fett. Boba yeah. Fett, where? Boba Fett, where? <laughs> uh, quick round the table. Uh, wh- where do you guys come down? There are suddenly aliens. You can do whatever the heck you want with them. What do you think? Exploit the shit out of them. Slavery. Um, salvage their tech. So establish a good relationship with them. So maybe they would share some of their tech with us. If Economic it is subjugation. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. no, no, I know. no, no. I, you want to share with them. You want to build them up. No. Well, I like yours too. I'm gonna have <laughs> thanks. I'm gonna have issue. I'm gonna take uh, take issue with what you're both trying to do because I want to study them in their present form. I want to know where they're at, what they're doing, why they're doing it this way, and then try to theorize on their prospective course of action from this point forward. And that's when we strap you to the the hull of the ship. <laughs> now, what you're doing is the prime directive. You're yes. doing you're doing Star Trek's one rule. Star Trek's one rule is that. Don't uh, let them know we got spaceships. Yep, yep. Anybody who doesn't have spaceships, you don't tell them they're spaceships. They, they're they supposed to either discover that themselves, and then they'll be ready to know that there are other folks out there with spaceships, or never discover it and live in their own little closed world. So this is going to cause some pretty serious inter-party issues. Max, yeah. this is really cool. We should, you should Steve, totally run this. Steve just wants to... Uh, let's see, what kind, of, what, kind of a, what kind of a warrior is he? Is he a headstrong... Uh, surely not. He's Maybe. Jesse, he's, no, he's, he's, Jesse he's Ventura? the duty guy. Okay, yeah. so he's just doing his job. Duty, he's, duty. He's does the he super have... protective, takes his orders, does it to the letter, you know. Okay. Does he have painless? So then Steve <laughs> is going to be the one having, having trouble role-playing. I don't think so. I think he's Schwarzenegger. He should be a chick. <laughs> okay, so with... Yeah, no, that, yeah, I'm, that, I, I got an image and everything. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Steve is a chick. Steve with boobs and a gun. <laughs> Boob guns. Like a laser No, gun. thank you. Uh, D-Cups of Justice. D-Cups of Justice. <laughs> yeah, boob guns. Yeah. Okay, so Steve is your robot. No. <laughs> I thought you were the robot, and I had a robot. All right. So, so there are definitely robots in your world. Sure. I mean, if everybody wants to be a robot, we can we can do robots. Why would we care, then? Huh? Why would we care about what's You would be programmed to make a decision. Okay. So we're coming down here. We've, we're watching. You're... Filming this because you're going to... My you know, robot is filming this. Okay, that's fine. Because you're going <laughs> to, I don't know, make the the newest uh, Discovery Channel movie or something. What? I don't know, man. I'm going to put an amusement park on this b- <laughs> 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 I'm going to give these, right. these new aliens jobs, you know, Clown teach them cheese. the con- concept of money and debt. <laughs> Especially the latter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you... Uh, what are you doing? What's your? You want to share the tech, but what, how's that going to affect them? And how is your decision to give them 
advanced tech and help them develop beyond where they're at now affect Brian's concept? I think we might get along like a little. It, it you, just you depends. Treat we might like a third world country, right? Like, get them you know, like, like like America would treat yeah. a third world country. Yes. And I got the resources to do that. But I have no like muscle behind it. It's just me, like generally like goodwill. I well, guess. Well, yeah, I wouldn't. Ex- I wouldn't necessarily give me. But once you had this like general goodwill attitude, I would threaten them and put you in the decision where you either had to defend them or just let it happen. Yeah, and, and that like, would create a schism in the party because, like, you know, and this yeah. would cause an issue with myself as well because I would want to see how the earthquake is going to affect their society and w- what they're rebuilding will entail. And then there's like I, what I would do with the with the soldier character is I would make the general up on the space station see this as an opportunity to wipe out all these like aliens that he's threatened with or thinks he's wasting his time with or whatever, and uh, uh, have S- Steve's soldier character be duty bound to follow the orders to like exacerbate this earthquake or whatever. Yeah. Or uh, go along with what he knows to be morally right, which is or, or suspects to be morally right if you make a case right. Or, and, 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 and Tyler probably meets some of them and, you know, brings them around the camp and <laughs> right. shows them to be, you, you know, a nice understanding. You know, we'll have we'll have a scene where they have kids or something. And they all have, like, iPods and Steve's, stuff. <laughs> Steve's getting the orders to kill them all, and, and he's, like, looking at them with, like, their kids and... Playing ball. Playing, yeah. The, Maple. Tyler's teaching them baseball and... Yeah, and then Steve comes the, to a hard and the Dawson's Creek decision. theme song plays like I don't want to wait <laughs> so <laughs> to be over. So at at this point, we all three, all four of us have reasons to be conflicted, and we've all got the what if questions. Um, but our, because everybody, everybody's goals contend with Brian's. Yeah, at least two of the three people's goals contend with Tyler's. Everybody's goals contend with Steve's, and well, like Brian being a member of the group, he probably starts talking about how you know that that, that, that that's what he wants to do. He's you know if, if you're gonna roll if you're gonna role play, you're probably the guy who's walking around in like a a, a suit the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna turn the, this place is a gold mine. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna like, <laughs> and, and like put a, a so, price tag on. We're gonna we're gonna sell it, sell it. <laughs> he has like a cigar in his mouth the entire time. I was already saying that. So, yeah. so yeah. Tyler immediately like puts himself in opposition to you, and then you maybe end up in the well. If I can't have it, nobody can have it. Like, I'll if 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 I can't if I can't sell these people in as an attraction, I'll sell the ruins as an attraction. It's like, like J. Jonas Jameson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll make them a menace. We'll make them infamous. We're gonna make millions off right. of this place. So, <laughs> given this situation, what's the event? What are you gonna do? Hmm? What's the event? Do you mean uh, an earthquake, or is it not an earthquake? earthquake? The bomb? What? What? what what's it gonna be? Just in this specific Ooh, if it's a bomb that we accidentally left there, we have to explain to him them how like great this technology is, and then we're like also like, yeah, this technology is also going to destroy your world, and they're all like, well, why is it so great? Okay, you want it to be a bomb? Cool. I I, I got a lot of things running through my head. I, I I think it's something that we should know is coming, and then and they don't necessarily, or something that they just don't know Galactus. how to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> Galactus. <laughs> that that no, totally. It should be something like that. It should be like that. That the sun's gonna nova or something, and we're like. We can either get them all off the planet and somewhere else, or take them home with us, or <laughs> you know, to try to stop the sun from moving. I don't know if we got that kind of tech. Or maybe there's an uh, another alien race headed this direction. So well, and, I, I, no, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with other aliens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I was about to right. say at that point, yeah. it's a difference between like the plot line from... of Armageddon and a bug's well, life. Well, <laughs> uh, well, the different the thing was that in the beginning we were the only alien race. 
right. then we stumbled across somebody. And, and then there's another one. Yeah, when sudden, I when yeah. I drop that when it's, I drop that bomb in there, all of a sudden it means what do we do for for this planet? Because we know we don't have enough information about the other alien race to know that they would enslave them, which which wouldn't really cause the moral quandary of blow the planet up. Yeah, there's just kind of a snowball too. Yeah, so like, so scratch I, that. I potentially threaten them directly because of humans. Like I think that diseases the, the the religious aspect might not be uh something that we should necessarily well I think diseases would be that we would, you know, have tech to okay. potentially come up. And the, but I I think there's a, a like a, a religious moral angle here from like, you know, the the terrorists from uh uh contact or church of the or yeah, the church of the emperor in, in uh, Warhammer 40k, where like every other race is obviously evil because they're not humans, like, right? <laughs> um, and, and I think that like you can totally have like somebody just be a zealot and like you know it, maybe originally just bomb them, and and maybe that's how the party gets revealed, like or or, or how initial con- uh, conflict between the party and the aliens happens because another member of the party turned out to be a terrorist and suicide bombed a bunch of them, and then so that started a little bit of conflict and. Tyler, you're trying to repair the situation, and Brian, you're seeing your whole your whole it. relationship with them threatened because they're starting to get hostile, and and then you know float the idea that there's going to be another terrorist act and make all of you come together to do something about it. Like I don't know, this sounds awesome. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'm thinking about my character. I think you can go a lot of I'm down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like just I'm down. Hey, hey, Maybe who, who plays your character in the movie? I, before <laughs> We're you back get... to Quags. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Good job. Whoever, even before you said it, I thought it was going to be. Uh, uh, J. Jonah James, what's his name? Uh, that guy? J.K. Oh, Simmons? J.K. Simmons. Simmons, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're going to make millions. Like. <laughs> Tyler, who plays your character in the movie? Jeff Goldblum. I don't know. He's a little old. I think he'd be young. Wouldn't you? Like, you're the techie guy. Like, Yeah, it'd be kind of hard. Not young, but younger. Younger. Chris Pine? Chris Pine would be a decent option. Or like... Um, Ooh, Shia LaBeouf. Please, no. <laughs> what about... Uh, what's the guy who plays Jesse on Breaking Bad? Oh. Aaron Paul, that's Aaron a good Paul? one. Yeah. Oh, now I kind of want to be. For now me? I kind of want my character so now, to be now, Walter. Now he's smoking real heavy like, the entire time. He's like hooking up the turrets and stuff. You <laughs> okay with that? Like, Very right. cool. Anyway, you know. How about you? Who, who? I'm gonna go with. I mean, Leonard Nimoy's taken kind of. Yeah. yeah. So it's Ben Spiner. <laughs> oh yeah. <that's> true. <laughs> I'm gonna go with um... Danny DeVito. No way. Whoa. <laughs> no. That'd be the awesome. worst designed. Android ever. <laughs> Who would make that on purpose? <laughs> that is a horrible little man. It should be Mr. Maybe Bean. his arms and legs contract and he can Mr. roll. Bean. Maybe. Um, let's go with... Um, it's not easy. It's really not. Playing a robot. I think point. that um, Leo DiCaprio would be good for my role. I'll, Ooh, I'll say yeah. that. No. Yeah. Anybody who can spend a lot of time with their shirt off and look good, probably. I don't know why I Well, I could play name. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays me? Who who plays your character in the movie? I do. Me. I do. <laughs> Obviously, it's me. Okay, back to me. We're going with Clooney. Yeah, I'm going with Clooney. Clooney wins. Yep, I'm gonna take it. I don't see it. Um, Affleck can play anything, even the shark in Jaws. <laughs> he was a bombing fan. Oh, Aff- Affleck's good for the for the for the tech character. Yeah, or Don Cheadle. Yeah, or it could be. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I've seen Don Cheadle in that kind of role. I can't well, think yeah, of where. Well, yeah, it's an ocean's. My robot can be no, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle wouldn't. Twelve, right? He was Basher. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Good lord, how many of those am I gonna have to edit? <laughs> I gotta have somebody. <laughs> None. He yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta have. It's some... a eureka moment. All right. Well, 
unfortunately, we're out of time again. Maybe we'll revisit this another time. We're playing it right now. Uh, I, I got to go. This may be our spinoff uh, uh, actual play podcast. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. All right. With that, thank you for joining us. This has been the Carpe GM Gamecast. I'm Dan. And I'm Tyler. Ryan. And I'm Mac. And remember... Support the hobby. Support the industry. Support your local gaming store. And support RPGpodcasts.com. The Carpe GM Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. For further discussion on this topic or just about anything else, join our forum at carpegm.net slash forum. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook slash carpegm.net or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore G-M. Thanks for listening.